Padres came into game two in a do-or-die situation. Sure, there would be more games, but with the series shifting back to Philadelphia for three straight games, evening the series was imperative. A win in game two would ensure the Padres a chance at returning to Petco Park after the three-game stretch in Philly. The road would be tough and the weather would be hot. Game two of the NLCS would be a day game, but Padres fans would be ready to go as they were throughout the regular season. Not even a 90-plus degree day with a first pitch at 1.36 p.m. on a Wednesday would keep Padres fans from packing Petco Park. I'm Matt Scraby, and this is 12 Games in October. Even though the Padres lost Game 1, there still was a chance for the Padres to win the series. In Game 1, Yu Darvish had given them a more than quality start, but as we know, Zach Wheeler was just a little bit better. In this one, it would be a very interesting matchup between the Padres' Blake Snell and the Phillies' starter, Aaron Nola. As we know, Snell's Zula had looked great at times and shaky other times. But heading into the game, Snell had come off a Game 2 against the Dodgers, which saw him only give up one run to the Dodgers' offense. More importantly, Blake Snell had as much big game experience as any one of his teammates. As far as starters on the team who knew what it felt like to start a World Series game, Snell and Darvish were the only two. This game was critical to the rest of the series, and the Padres had one of their best trying to keep the Phillies' bats in check. As for the Padres' bats, they were going to have their work cut out for them because Austin Nola's brother, Aaron Nola, had been really good in his two postseason starts. Through two career playoff starts in 2022, Aaron Nola was 2-0, had struck out 12, gave up no runs, and walked only three, and he went at least six innings in both starts. He was locked in and making the biggest start of his life. A few things were different about this game. Things not normally talked about in the breakdown of a result. Every once in a while, a championship series playoff game has to occur during the day. First pitch that day was at 1.36 p.m., and like I said, it was hot. The actual first pitch temperature was officially recorded at 92 degrees. Not that I'm a scientist or anything, but I do know baseball has never been played in the NLCS round at Petco Park, so the stadium must have played a little differently that day. First, the temperature was sure to make the ball fly farther than it normally does at Petco Park. Second, the shadows from the light fixtures would be very much in play. Yes, the shadows are a normal part of Petco Park day games, but the sun angle was different. And I'll stop right here to say I know this doesn't really matter, but it does also matter. And I just really wanted to look up sun angles and have a good excuse to do it. On October 19th, 2022, at first pitch in downtown San Diego, the elevation of the sun in the sky was 38.08. Then I looked at the elevation in the sky on July 19th, and the sun elevation was 64.58. So in July, the sun was almost double the height in the sky, meaning, and I am sorry for the way I explain this, but I am just a radio guy, the shadows are going to be deeper, taller, and staying for a lot longer. Each team's going to have to deal with this, but it doesn't make it any better. The advantage was at least with the pitchers to start the game. Now that the science lesson is over, let's get back to the game. Padres fans were packed into what seemed like an oven, but no one really cared. 
Just like the game started the night before, the Padres faithful were ready to give their team the home field advantage once again. The stadium was packed. There was standing room only. Keep in mind, this was a Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 p.m., so not much work production happening in the city of San Diego for those three or four hours. One thing this postseason proved again, San Diego will show up and support their teams. And a national audience got to see it. Enough of the setup. Enough of the sun angles. Enough of the temperature anomaly. It was time for Game 2 to begin. Kyle Schwarber going to lead off against Snell. He made it fly yesterday. His home run, pretty much the talk of baseball all morning long. 488 feet in the sixth inning against his buddy Hugh Darvish. Lefty to lefty, away we go. Game two, and the first pitch is swung on and popped up mile high out into shallow center. Kim backing up, Grisham coming in, and Grisham will call him off and make the catch. Schwarber pops to center, one pitch, one out in the top of the first inning. More importantly, Kyle Schwarber was kept in the yard. By the way, pay attention to who is the one credited with the put out in the first three outs. Because Trent Grisham got number one, then Snell threw three more pitches to Reese Hoskins. Here's the 2-0. Hoskins with a big rip. Skies one into shallow center. Again, the infielder goes back this time. Cronenworth, but Grisham will come in, call everybody off, make the catch. So Hoskins does what Schwarber did, pops to the center fielder, and quickly two down for Snell here in inning number one. And then if Trent Grisham could not have put his name in the history books enough, here's how the top of the first would close out. Here's the 1-0. Real Muto lines it out into shallow right center field. Grisham on the run, dives forward. He makes the catch, and the inning is over. Trent Grisham ties a postseason record with three putouts in the first inning here. Game two of the NLCS. A one, two, three. Not a record or anything, but still another way Trent Grisham would make sure his name would be a part of the 2022 postseason run forever. Aaron Nola took the mound for the Phillies and struck out Jerks and Profar to start the game. Then Juan Soto grounded out to second for the second out. Then Manny would continue to stay hot at the plate. 2-2, and Manny swings, hits it hard down the third baseline. That's a fair ball, kicks off the little wall. Going to have to be retrieved by the shortstop. Sosa, throw to second, Manny on his way. The tag, not in time. Machado hustles it into second base. A two-out double here in the first. And Manny had to make that double happen. This ball hugs that third base line, but hits kind of the wall that comes out towards the line and it prevents the ball from rolling all the way to the wall in left field. A little relief for Padres fans knowing a runner was in scoring position in the first when the night before not much of anything was happening on offense. That brought Jake Cronenworth to the plate and he would try to drive in Manny. Here's the 3-2 taken on the outside corner, strike three called. Perfectly placed at 96 miles an hour. He is elite. No runs, a hit, Manny left at second base and no score after. Get ready, everyone. Here's where the game gets a little weird. Baseball is that sport where you want power and speed and agility, but it's also that sport where a guy can barely touch the ball and get a hit, and there is nothing more annoying. Blake Snell faced we'll Bryce Harper. It on the seventh. Here it comes on three and two, and a liner over towards second. Kim leaps, can't make the catch. Into shallow left center field for a base hit, the first of the night for the Phillies. Nick Castellanos with blue. And a little flare out into shallow right field. That's going to drop down for a base hit. Harper had to wait and see. He'll stop at second base as Soto gets to it quickly. But a bloop and a flare 
to start the inning off for the Phillies. Two on. And if two bloops out, weren't Alec enough, Bone. could Alec Bohm make it three? Here comes the pitch. No bunt. And a little liner over the head of the second baseman into right center field. That's a base hit. Harper rounding third. He'll come in and score. Castellanos trying to go first to third. He will. Now the ball kicks away from Manny, but backed up by Snell. Either way, that will allow Bohm to advance from first to second. And the Phillies take a 1-0 lead here on three balls that just barely got out of the reach of the Padre defenders. After some well-placed but weakly hit singles, Blake Snell found himself down a run and runners on second and third with no outs. Snellzilla would strike out Gene Segura, but it took six pitches and runners were still on second and third with just one out. Snell needed to be perfect the rest of the inning if he wanted to get out with just one run given up. The number eight hitter Matt Veerling was just hitting 167 at the time, and after what transpired in that inning up to that point, Things got a little more strange. Right-handed hitter against Blake. Swings at the first pitch. Hits it in the air to right. Soto tracking it back towards the corner. Fighting the sun. Can't make the catch. Bounced in behind him. And at least one run is going to score. Soto with a quick recovery sends it home. And so Castellanos comes in. Everybody, of course, had to wait. Expecting Soto to be able to make the catch. He could not. And so Bohm advances only to third. The batter, Veerling, ends up at second base with what I guess is going to be called an RBI double. And the Phils with some tremendous batted ball luck here in the second inning against Blake Snell. You said it perfectly. Tremendous batted ball luck. This ball, you could tell he had a bead on it. And at some point, that ball went right through the sun. At that point, Soto had no shot to be able to catch it. I told you in the beginning of this episode, the sun was going to be an issue, and now it cost the Padres a run. Not a bloop, but a sun ball to tick off another space on the baseball bingo card. Blake Snell was still battling, and the Phillies were making it hard on him. Here's the one and one. Sosa broken bat flare out into left field. Profar charges in, can't make the catch. Again, everybody had to wait and see. The throw comes into second base. It'll be an RBI single for Sosa as Bohm crosses the plate. And now 3-0 Phillies here in the second. You can't make this up. The momentum started with the Padres, but had clearly swung over to the Phillies side. Not only was the momentum on the other side, the top of the order was up, and that means Kyle Schwarber was going to make Padres fans stop breathing for a little bit. 3-2 again to Schwarber. Eighth pitch of the at-bat, and a ground ball towards first, gobbled up by Drury. Bobbles it, picks it up, steps on first base. That'll get another run home. If we're looking at the Deering bright side, Schwarber did not hit a home run and got the Padres the second out. To end that inning, Snell would force Reese Hoskins to fly out to center. Here's what Bob Melvin had to say about the strange inning postgame. Yeah, that was not our cleanest inning in the world, and it seemed like everything that was hit was soft served on him. So that can be really frustrating, and at times it feels like it's never going to end. So you make good pitches. That's all you can do. You keep the ball off the barrel of the bat. Sometimes you're going to get unlucky, and you know the sun and everything else ended up being a tough inning, but recovered really well uh, and, and pitched great after that, which sometimes can frazzle you a little bit, did not. Damage was definitely done, and a 4 nothing deficit seemed to be teetering to out of reach for the Padres. But as depressing as the top of the second was, the bottom of the second started to bring that Petco Park crowd back to life. So far in the playoffs. And the 1-0 pitch hammered towards the left field corner. That one is up, and it is gone! A home run! Brandon Drury with his second hit of the postseason. A laser down the left field line. Just got it over that little fence in the left field corner. And the Padres are on the board. 4-1 Phillies in the second. 94 coming in, 108 going out. 
on a line. With a 21-degree launch angle, Brandon Drury hit a frozen rope home run to left, and the Padres were on the board. The crowd was slowly simmering towards a buzz, and Josh Bell turned up that heat. Now Josh Bell, switch hitter, batting left-handed. All his first pitch, hit in the air, deep down the right field line, headed towards the pole. This one is gonna go! A home run for Josh Bell, and on back-to-back pitches, the Padres hit back-to-back homers, and it's a 4-2 game in the second. Life has been injected into this building. Back-to-back homers by Drury, now Bell, a moonshot to right, leads cut to two. First pitch swinging for Josh Bell, and he now had two big home runs in the postseason. The deficit was cut in half, but those two solo home runs would be all the Padres would come away with in the second. Aaron Nola retired Hassan Kim and Trent Grisham, and then Padres catcher Austin Nola would face his brother, Aaron Nola. Remember Aaron's start here back in June. Austin had an RBI single to right field against him. That was the only run of the game, a 1-0 Padre win. Last year, Aaron struck him out. Here's the 0-1. Chopper over to third base. Boehm charges, plays the little hop nicely. Off balance throw to first low, but handled by Hoskins. And this time, Austin grounds out against Aaron. And the side if we check the retired. scoreboard Padres on the Nola brothers, right advantage Aaron for now. Bob Melvin was asked how the team responded to the back-to-back home runs. Well, that was big. I mean, you answer right back, which is huge after giving up four runs and losing the first game. But something we've shown here in the postseason, we have the ability to put up a crooked number. So, you know, just not scratching one across the board. We know that if we put together good at-bats, we can we can put together multiple runs in an inning. It was nice to get to two there, and then obviously the fifth broke it open a little bit. The first two innings were full of action, but if you looked at the game notes, the third and fourth saw 12 consecutive batters retired from both sides. Each pitcher was just mowing down hitters. Blake Snell would start the fifth by striking out Sosa, but walked Kyle Schwarber. Then, ball on a strike to count. Runner goes. Pitch on the way is high. Throw down by Nola. The tag. Oh, it kicked off. Schwarber rolls out to shortstop. It's going to be a stolen base for Kyle Schwarber, the first attempt of the series by the Phillies, and something we talked about early in the game yesterday. They are more than willing with a bunch of different guys to give it a go if the situation is right. Great throw by Nolan. If Cronenworth is able to come up with it, Schwarber's out, but Schwarber's lead leg ends up knocking the glove off of Cronenworth's hand. That prevented him from making the catch, and it goes down as a stolen base for Schwarber. The Phillies were putting a ton of pressure on the Padres' defense and Blake Snell. Reese Hoskins had Schwarber on second and one out. Two and two, Blake a look back at Schwarber. Now the pitch, Hoskins takes, and at the knees, strike three called. 95 miles an hour down the middle. And now five Ks for Snell, including a couple here in the fifth inning. The pressure was still on, and for some reason with two outs, it felt like there is so much more on the line. Catcher JT Realmuto would work an eight-pitch at bat with three fouls in a row to stay alive. Schwarber at second, two down. Here's the 2-2 to Realmuto, and he takes at the knees, strike three call. The curveball fell in, hit the bottom of the zone, and a three-strikeout inning for Blake. That strikeout right there made it feel like the Padres were going to put up a fight in this game. The offense needed to get going, and the bottom of the Padres' order was up. Hassan Kim singled to start. Trent Grisham flew out to center for the first out. 
Then the second battle of brother versus brother with Austin Nola heading to the plate and Kim at first. This is the first time ever two brothers have ever faced off in a batter hitter scenario in playoff history. Dad AJ, by the way, has got a Padre hat and a Philly jersey unbuttoned over a Padre either t-shirt or jersey. So he's well covered. And mom Stacy in navy blue. Here's the 0-2. Kim runs and a base hit into right field. Hit and run to perfection. Kim's on his way to third. He will turn on his way. Zagora cuts it. No throw home. And Austin gets Aaron again. It's a one-run game in the bottom of the fifth. What a beautiful piece of hitting by Austin Nola. Kim's running on the pitch. I think he's running for a stolen base. But with two strikes, Austin can't take a pitch. He gets a fastball up in the zone. Short strokes and in the right center. And because Kim was moving on the pitch, he scores all the way from first base, no throw. The Padres are within one here in the fifth. Not only was that moment in baseball history fun to watch, but the Padres inched closer to the Phillies. This seemed to rattle Aaron Nola, and Jerickson Profar would single to keep the line moving. Aaron Nola would now have to face Juan Soto. Not a very comfortable spot for any pitcher. Soto went down 0-2 real quick. Profar at first, Nola at third, one out, 0-2. Nola, the pitcher, ready. Here it is, and Soto swings, hammers it towards the right field corner. That will get down, and a fair ball bouncing up against the wall. Nola has scored, the game is tied. Profar held it third, and Soto an RBI double. 4-4 in the fifth. You are playing with fire, trying to pitch Juan Soto on the inner half of the plate right now. Petco Park had some moments this postseason to cheer about. And this moment right here was one of the loudest. The pressure is mounting on Aaron Nola. The Padres coming from behind to tie it up pleased the crowd. Much like NLDS game four, a euphoric state was trying to break through. Not quite as magical as singing in the rain, but pretty memorable nonetheless. The Padres had the chance with only one out in a tie game to take a good lead with runners on second and third. And Manny Machado facing Aaron Nola. Nola was facing a must-have strikeout. Anything out of the infield was at least going to be a run. One and two to Machado. Manny doubled back in the first inning. Here's the pitch, and Machado swings and misses at a cutter. The Padres had two outs, but we all knew what happened in the seventh inning of Saturday night with two outs. The Padres went on to clinch the game in the series against the Dodgers. Jake Cronenworth was going to be the first one to face former Padre and current Philly Brad Hand. Philly's manager Rob Thompson wanted to go lefty on lefty, and he called on the former closer, and Jake would work a 2-2 count. Now he's set at the belt, 2-2, two and two. here it comes. And Jake is hit by the pitch, a slider that came right out of his hand, and he caught him on the back. The bases will be loaded for Brandon Drury. The bases were loaded, and the matchup game blew up in the face of the Phillies. Brandon Drury had been pretty quiet in the playoffs, but he already homered once in the game. And with the bases loaded, there were some shades of his first ever at bat as a Padre at Petco Park. First pitch on the way to the right-handed hitter is swung on, hit in the air, out to left field. Connor Joe's running back, still going back, looking up, gonna go! A grand slam for Drury! First pitch he sees in a Padre uniform. 5-0 San Diego in the bottom of the first inning. Drury was not going down easy, and Brad Hand wasn't going to make it easy. The count was full. Ready for another 3-2 from Hand. Runners go. Here's the pitch, and Drury swings. Lots one into center field. That'll get down at a base hit. Profar has scored. Here comes Soto. A two-run single for Brandon Drury, and the Padres have come all the way back. 
six unanswered runs, and they lead for the first time today. Momentum has completely taken off the Philly jersey and put on a Padre jersey. And with the Bash Bro teammate from earlier, Josh Bell up next. And comes home, and the sliders hit hard into right field, and a base hit, he got it past Hoskins. Cronenworth will score, Drury's on his way to third, another one, and it's seven to four, San Diego in the fifth. Kim would walk, but Grish would strike out to end the inning with a complete different field than when it started. The Padres, once facing a 4-0 deficit, had just scored five runs in the fifth and held a 7-4 lead. Bob Melvin went to his bullpen and had Nick Martinez take over for Blake Snell. Snellzilla would give up those four runs, but he was able to be efficient in other parts of the outing and would end up going five innings, striking out six, but only throwing 89 pitches. Bowmel wasn't going to take any chances and went to his middle inning guy, the Swiss Army knife we have talked about so many times in this podcast. One thing I think all baseball fans learned over the years, and something Padres fans definitely know about, a three-run lead is nowhere near safe. And for Martinez, there's no chance to get settled in because he would face Bryce Harper. Harper hits this one well out to deep right center field. Soto back into the gap. He looks up, hits off the bottom of the wall, picks it up on the roll, sends it into second base, and Harper slides in ahead of a potential tag from Kim. A leadoff double for Bryce Harper here in the sixth inning. And... uh, you didn't think the Phils were just going to roll over, did you? Yeah, listen, they, they, along with the Padres, have been playing some good baseball, so you can't just completely shut the door. It seemed like runners were in scoring position for the Phillies every single inning. Pressure was back on the Padres' defense, and pressure was back on the Padres' pitcher. Martinez would face Nick Castellanos. 3-2 to Castellanos. Martinez delivers, and a swing and a miss. Had him out in front of the changeup. Harper was now stuck on second, one. and now Boehm will be the next Philly to bat. Runner on second, one out, a ball and two strikes. Here's the pitch to Boehm and a ground ball toward shortstop. Kim charges, looks at Harper, he'll advance. Throw to first in plenty of time. Padres will take that trade off. Now two outs with Harper at third base. There were two and outs, but Harper was 90 feet closer to home plate. Padres fans were loud and on their feet. This was one of the biggest Padres moments of the game and the series so far. Gene Segura would go down 1-2. One and two, the count pitch coming from Martinez and a ground ball slowly towards third. Manny cuts in front of Kim, has to hurry. Throw to first is in time, and Machado makes the play. Manny ended up to the left of the mound on the infield grass, but that's all for the Phils here in the top of the sixth. Manny Machado making a Manny Machado play to end the threat in the top of the sixth. Nola, Profar, and Soto would go down in order in the bottom of the sixth. Nick Martinez would have a less stressful top of the seventh and sat down Veerling, Stott, and Schwarber. Bottom of the seventh started with Phillies reliever David Robertson and Manny Machado having one of the best battles of the playoffs. It took nine total pitches, but worked out very well for Manny. Here it comes on two and two, and Manny swings, hits it in the air, deep to left center field. This one way back, good to go. On the ninth pitch of the at-bat, Manny Machado extends the lead. 8-4 8-4 to four, San Diego here in the seventh, his third home run of the postseason. Warring down. Left that knuckle curve in the middle of the zone. And Manny with a laser beam out to left center. Jake Cronenworth with single. 2-2 two and two to Jake, hard hit on the ground to the right side. Segura diving attempt, knocks it down, not going to have a play. Has to crawl after it in shallow right field. And a base hit for Cronenworth. His first knock. 
of the afternoon. Drew Reed would line out for the first out, and Josh Bell will continue his big game. Pitch on the way. Bell swings. It's a little tapper to the left of the mound. Nobody there. It'll be a base hit. The only infielder on the left side of the diamond was Stott. And the shortstop was far closer to second than third. And that ball off of Josh Bell's bat was far closer to third than it was to second. An infield single, third hit of the inning. And the Padres with two on, one out. And Hassan Kim coming to the plate. All of a sudden, the luck coming on the Padres side offensively. A swinging bunt with the shift pulled over to the right side. No one there to field that swinging bunt from Josh Bell. Runners on first and second and one out. Story here today. 2-0, Kim hits it off the end of the bat and pops it to the right side of the infield. Hoskins between first and second makes the catch with the infield fly having been called. The Phillies would go to Kyle Gibson with Grish at the plate in two outs. Grish would work the count 2-2. Here's the 2-2 two two to Trent, and Grisham swings and misses strike three. It does not matter for Kyle Gibson, and the side is retired. Padres get one on the Manny home run. The Padres got a run, but no fan watching thought of a four-run lead as a guaranteed victory. The top of the eighth was Robert Suarez's to handle. He had been so good in the postseason, but the pressure is amplified in the NLCS. And Reese Hoskins would swing at the first pitch of the inning. Hoskins, a right-hand hitter. Suarez kicks and deals. First pitch hit a mile out to deep left field. Profar turned around, took a couple of steps. Now he looks up, and it will go. A home run. Then one and two, and that's lined into right field, a base hit. Soto over towards the line, almost trying to egg Real Muto on to attempt to advance to second base. I saw some pacing starting around the Petco Park concourses. Groans of anxiety filled the stadium. Robert Suarez would now face quite possibly the last hitter you would want to see with no outs of runner on and a three-run lead in the National League Championship Series. Bookmark this exact matchup for a later date. We are going to be talking a lot about a Suarez-Harper face-off that would go on to be the defining moment of the series. In Game 2, Suarez would have the Petco Park crowd behind him. He would work a 2-2 count, and then... 2-2 two two to Bryce Harper. Here's the pitch, and a hard-hit grounder on the left side. Manny, only guy there, gets to it, throws to second one. Kim's turn to first, is in time! And a double play! Manny, the only infielder on the left side, had to go over towards the line at third base. Somehow got to it, and then uncorked a laser to second. Kim, a perfect turn, and just like that, two outs and the base is empty. The Minister of Defense on full display. He makes this play look routine. It's not routine. This ball is slicing away from him to get his body in front and be able to make the throw to second while fading to third. He had to get enough on it to even have a chance at the double play. Some of the loudest cheers of the entire postseason were heard at this moment. One pitch wiped away any sort of danger from the Phillies. Manny Machado started that double play and made the crowd go from crazy to insane with his celebration. In the bottom of the eighth, the Padres led 8-5. to five. They tried to get some insurance runs, but even with five hitters at the plate in the bottom half of the inning, the Padres would not be able to add on, and it was once again hater time at Petco Park. Josh Hader was traded to the Padres at the deadline, ran into some struggles, but he found his way and had been one of the best, if not the best, closer in baseball. Let's go to Jesse. Josh Hader's first appearance of this National League Championship Series. We saw him once as he closed out the wild card against the Mets with a perfect ninth inning in game three. He threw three times against the Dodgers and collected a save 
all three times against L.A. That is his goal here and now with Bohm, Segura, and Veerling due to bat. Seven strikeouts in four and a third scoreless innings to open up this postseason. And if you don't think Josh Hader is excited about this opportunity, you should know the four hardest pitches of his life have all come in the playoffs this year. He had never hit 100 before this postseason, and now he's done it a handful of times. August 31st, in my mind, is the day he got his swagger back. Alec Bohm would be first up. Two and two to Bohm. Here's the pitch from Hader. Swing and a miss. Fastball and 100 up and away. Out number one in the top of the ninth. Then Gene Segura. The left-hander set and ready. Pitch on the way. Check swing. And called strike three on the outside corner. 100 miles an hour. Segura arguing with Lance Barrett. He wanted an appeal, but that was a called strike. And now seven consecutive Ks for Josh Hader. Two outs here in the ninth. Last ball, top of the zone. Catching the outside corner at a hundo. The Petco Park crowd was nearing that euphoric feeling they had felt so many times in this postseason. Here's Matt Fearling. Eight already. Nolan outside target. The one-two. Swung on and missed. Got him with a changeup down and away. Might have tipped it into the catcher's mitt. Either way, it doesn't matter. Josh Hader strikes out the side again. He's got eight consecutive strikeouts going back to the Dodgers series. And most importantly, the Padres an eight to five win here in game two. They have evened the NLCS at a game apiece. They willed their way after what seemingly was not gonna be their day in the second. They come back with a vengeance. The Padres showed heart, the Padres showed gutsiness, and the Padres showed that they can come back when they go down early. A big win for the Padres, and it would be a happy flight to Philadelphia later that night, and they would be able to sleep well knowing the series was tied up and only one win in Philly would send the series back to San Diego. Three more wins, and one of the two teams would find themselves heading to the World Series. Final totals for the game, Padres had eight runs on 13 hits and had one air. Manny Machado went three for five with a homer and a double. Josh Bell went three for four with a homer and two RBIs. Brandon Drury came through huge for the Padres, going two for four with a homer and three RBIs. The Phillies had five runs on eight hits and no airs. Reese Hoskins was the only homer for the Phillies. Blake Snell got his second win of the postseason. Aaron Nola would take his first loss of the postseason. And Josh Hader would pick up his fourth save of the postseason. 12 games in October is a 97.3 The Fan original podcast for Odyssey. It was produced, voiced, edited, and written by me, Matt Scravey. Thanks to Adam Klug and Michael Valenzuela for helping to make this happen. You can find me on social media at Matt Scraby. Please make sure to rate, review, and tell a friend. All you need to do is tell them to search 12 games in October in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.